Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital. Hi, everyone. On today's episode, we have Harrison Tinsley with us. And Harrison is a father of a three-year-old son. And the little boy's mother is choosing to identify the little boy as non-binary, call the little boy with they pronouns, dress the little boy as a girl. And Harrison did not get to see his son until the son was about one and a half years old. And Harrison is currently fighting for full custody of his son. So I'm so excited for you all to hear from Harrison and his story. Well, Harrison, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today and just for you to be able to share your story with our guests and make sure they're aware of what's really happening to parents here in California and across the nation. It's getting pretty crazy in California. Yes, it is. So could you kind of just walk through for our listeners what is happening in your life right now? Well, a few years ago, Mm -hmm. I met a girl in the Bay Area. We sang each other some songs and we fell in love. Mm-hmm. We started dating and she had a lot of amazing qualities. We laughed together, had fun together, but unfortunately she suffered from some serious mental illness problems mm-hmm. and she ended up getting pregnant super quickly into our relationship, but we were both ecstatic about that, which mm-hmm. was wonderful. And essentially, as her pregnancy went on, she got more and more hostile towards me. Mm-hmm. I was constantly getting threatened that I wouldn't see my son because we found out that he was a boy very early, mm-hmm. earlier than I actually knew you could even find out. And has before when you when she was pregnant, did mm-hmm. you was she ever hostile to you before? Was this kind of a reoccurring thing? Well, so she had, she had this mental illness problems, and so she was just very up and down. So she would be very sweet, and then if, if she had a bad day, we'll call it, Mm -hmm. very, very mean and volatile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I was aware of that, but it was just different when there's a threat involved of not seeing your future child. Mm -hmm. And was, did she give you any reason as to why she would not let you see your son? Or was it just because she was having a bad day or? Sometimes there were, like sometimes it would literally be political. So she, I was a little more conservative. She was more, a little more liberal. I never, I thought that was okay. I think, unfortunately, we're too polarized as a country now, and you should definitely try to find someone that shares your values. Mm -hmm. You know, and we shared some, of course, but we obviously disagreed on some big ones, and that that tended to be a problem, though. And so, yeah, I mean, like, as an example, one time she was like, you have a song, like, it was one of my songs called Be Brave, I Say It, and I'm like, I'd rather die for something than get by and live for nothing. Mm -hmm. And she was kind of using that against me in conversation. She's like, oh, you say, like, you'd rather die for something but like you won't go to the women's march and blah 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 and i was like yeah but I'm not. it's like for something i believe in not you know what you believe yeah. in and that's just one example that comes to mind mm-hmm. something that triggered her to make it about my son and not seeing him mm-hmm. and if she's bringing up the women's march i mean the women's march today is so different than even what it was 10 years ago and i would say that so often the people you see attending the Women's March are very far on the liberal spectrum, mm-hmm. and you really won't see a conserv- conservative attend it. So would you say that she felt pretty liberal, or was it just an example she was using to use against you? On, in her personal beliefs? Yes. She was, she was pretty liberal. She was from San Francisco. She was adopted by two gay dads, mm-hmm. and she was always pretty liberal, but I always like respected that she like cared about something. You know, and, and she like really felt that she was doing something kind and compassionate, right? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the intentions are. 
Yeah. I think it's good to remember that usually people's intentions are actually good, even if you don't agree with the way or the goal to get there. But unfortunately, yeah, it, it wasn't the best situation. Mm -hmm. And so she's pregnant. She was using these different, mostly what sounds like political reasons and wanting you to change your beliefs maybe against you to not be able to see your son. So kind of keep walking us through. One time she brought up the transgender issue, like, what if you, what would happen if our kid was transgender? And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you know, I, I don't think that'll happen. That's like a one in a million chance. And I would want my kid to be happy with who they are. I wouldn't like affirm a delusion until they're 18. I said something like that. Mm -hmm. And that really upset her. That went straight to like, you're not gonna see your son. Um, there was one time a post on, she did on Facebook when she was first announcing she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it said like, baby Sawyer due in December, I love you whether you're a boy or girl or neither. Mm -hmm. But we knew it was a boy. Okay. And so interestingly, she was actually excited about it being a boy, but she still said that for whatever reason. And I mean, obviously, like you don't know exactly what she was thinking when she was posting that, but is that something she genuinely believed? Do you think she did it more to kind of make you upset? Um, I think at that time, it was more something she believed. I think perhaps some of the things happening more towards nowadays could, could be mm -hmm. to upset me, but... But I can't say for sure I'm not her. Mm -hmm. And so going through, she posted that she's pregnant. And then were you in contact with her the entire time through the pregnancy? Kind of walk us through that. No, so it was about half her pregnancy or almost half of it. And then she ended up breaking up with me and sending me a cease and desist letter. Mm -hmm. Seemed like from an attorney. And so I respected that. And then I didn't know when my son was born. I found out about a week after on social media from one of her friends, I believe, just like telling me. And yeah, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. The, the friend, did you find out because the friend posted about it or did the friend reach out to you? They reached out to me. And yeah, yeah can you maybe share? I mean, that's just like, I'm heartbroken like I saw for like you. a baby picture of him, you know, it was a very weird feeling. And so that was a week after your son was born, correct? Roughly. Okay, and then were you able to see your son right away, or? So, no, and what happened is, is I basically did research and figure out what I was gonna do, because it's not a normal scenario that people know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I figured out the help, Self Access Help Center in San Francisco, basically, because that's where she lives. Mm -hmm. And I filed in court to establish paternity, custody, visitation, mm -hmm. and then that was two months after he was born, it took 13 more months just for me to meet him. So I met him when he was 15 months old. And then can you walk us maybe a little bit through, for those who have never heard your story before, what those 15 months were like? Were you actively trying to see him? Was was there legal situations involved? Can you walk us through that? Yeah, well, in the beginning, there was not much happening. It was more just court process, but I had to get a paternity test. And then my attorney and hers started, I was really lucky I got a pro bono attorney who voluntarily decided to help me in this situation once he found out about it and my attorney talked to hers and tried to establish like visitation but they made it impossible so and then court was backed up from COVID and everything so it took a long time to get a hearing date and then the judge said it was a shame and gave me visitation immediately once it was the 15 months and what so it sounds like the 15 months was a it was a long time mostly probably due to COVID 
and the courts being backed up and it just yeah. taking all the so time. that was definitely a part of it to be fair although i think that's completely unreasonable still but mm -hmm. it's unfortunate yes. but to answer your other question about like how it felt mm -hmm. it feels like a part of you is like missing you know it's just like a heartbreak you can't even describe or imagine before feeling it and were you getting any updates at the time about how your son was doing? Was he just being informed if he was healthy? Were you getting photos, anything, or were you just completely cut out of the loop? No, I was in the dark, yeah. So that's, yeah, my heart just like breaks hearing your story. It's uh, super tragic, but it did, you know, build character and make me stronger to be a, a better man, to be a better dad for my son and be able to, to face the tragedies of life with him in a stronger, more efficient way. And also made me, makes me now cherish my time with him more. Mm -hmm. When I have him now, I spend all my time with him. Like every single second of mm -hmm. all my custody time, almost ever as I've been right next to him. Mm -hmm. And um, for your custody time, how often do you see him now? Well, so we shouldn't skip ahead yet, but. Or tell me about the first time meeting him when you got to see him for the first time. It was just the most amazing, magical day ever you know it was just me and him immediately had a bond and it was like he knew I was his dad and it's just indescribable wonder and joy for both of us I love that. I love that you say like he knew that you were his dad and I think there is that bond between a parent and a child like you know that's that's my dad that's my mom and even though Unfortunately, you weren't able to be there for the first 15 months, not because of anything you did, and it's out of your hands. Like, I think to still have that first moment with him, it sounds like it was just like a beautiful moment. It was magnificent, for sure. Yes, and so again, not just give ahead to like current <laughs> times, so let's keep walking us through what seeing him that first time looked like. You kind of gave us an example, and then Maybe, how long were you able to see him? What was those first couple of months like? It was just like visitation and it slowly went increased and it actually had to be supervised, which was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So it was supervised not professionally, just by someone of her choice. So it would be like her dad or friend, which actually made it a lot less fun and happy than it sounds, mm -hmm. even though it was still incredible. But because you have somebody there watching everything you do and writing it down and trying to get you in trouble for something, essentially. The one time, I would always bring my mom or sister with me or both mm -hmm. um, so that they couldn't make up lies about me because mm -hmm. I'd already heard some lies in court. So one time, my mom and sister were both there. We were staying in a hotel in South San Francisco. Mm -hmm. We walked out of the hotel to take my son on a walk. Around It was like on the water in the bay. And you'd like walk around the water. It was a cool little bike path, walk path. Mm -hmm. And her dad was there, one of them. And Right when we went outside, he's like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take a quick break, just walk off, do whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was like stopping and smoking a cigarette or something. Mm -hmm. And he was sitting at a park bench and we walked off ahead. And then we were with my son like far ahead. I didn't know where he was. I didn't particularly care. But my sister noticed, thankfully, because she's observant, mm -hmm. um, that he was watching us from the bushes. So he was hiding in bushes, watching us. Like, I guess, trying, hoping we would do something crazy or whatever to try to get us in trouble. My sister got pictures of him in the bushes, and I showed it to court even. But it was just, like, just to give you an example of how uncomfortable they made it when they didn't need to. Like, her parents knew me. They knew I'm a good person. It was just, it was really unfortunate, to be honest with you. Yeah, and so what's so interesting to me is he was 
already there. He legally had to be there. The um, d- um, dad. The dad. And you were where he was there. Like, it was all known. Yeah. And he obviously thought, maybe let me hide in the bushes and see if I can catch something. Yeah, I mean, that's just my hypothesis. Yeah. But I doubt he just walked and decided to stop in the bushes. I find that extremely unlikely. Yes. So, thank God your sister got pictures <laughs> yeah. of that and was aware of that. But... Yeah, that's such an interesting situation to be in when you're just trying to enjoy your time with your son. And so how long did that process go on where there had to be someone there during visitation time? or And how long was the visitation time? Like, how long did you get to be with your son? It was actually long. It would be, like, all day. So it would be, like, for eight hours. Although two times. I think it was eight times in a row. Mm -hmm. So two months. Something like that. And... Where it was these, and then it stopped being supervised after that. But there was two times actually where they took my son from me during my custody time. I was very upset about that. Mm-hmm. I videoed it and called the police and showed the court, but nothing came of it. And for some reason, was your son like aware, like aware that your time was getting cut short? Was he able to kind of comprehend that, or? I don't think so. Okay. You know, I can't say for sure. He's a really smart boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he must have thought it was weird because I was seemingly sounding upset and videoing them, but that's just what happened, unfortunately. But then after that, I I started getting more. So it'd be like an eight-hour day, I believe, and then it went up to like two eight-hour days, but it'd be like a Saturday, then Saturday and Sunday, bumped up, and then it slowly became like unsupervised Saturday and Sunday, and then I moved to the Bay Area from Lake Tahoe, Mm -hmm. and I was given half custody, like, right away, which was a big blessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I got to start that, having him half the time, and that was, you know, just, like, a new experience of life. Mm -hmm. And throughout this entire time, while you are visiting with him, at this point, is the mom already treating your son as non-binary? Or when did that start? At least to not occur? to my knowledge. Okay. So it started to occur very, at least right at or very close to when I won half custody. Okay. And yeah. how old was your son when you won half custody? Two, but a little bit younger. Okay. But yeah, almost two. And so you won half custody. And what's kind of like your schedule of seeing him with your half custody situation? It's like three days, four days. Back and forth. So I either have him. Wednesday through Sunday or Thursday through Sunday. Okay. And then now you have half custody. The mom starts treating him as non-binary. Yeah. Did he tell you he was kind of confused by something? What? No, no. He's always said he's a boy. And especially now, I mean, if you ask him, he'll tell you he's a boy. Mm-hmm. Always. If you give him too girly of a toy, he'll scream at you. He's not a girl. He's a boy. Mm-hmm. He's not about it at all. He's a strong-minded rebel. He's not buying into it. If you ask him any person, if they're a boy or girl, even a cartoon, he'll give you the right answer. And I really don't think it's working. I think it's sad that you'd want to force that on him, but that you wouldn't want the person you love most in the world, your child, to be happy with who they are. Mm-hmm. I really don't understand that. And then also, I mean, the premise is, right, and I completely reject this premise, radically disagree with it, but mm-hmm. is that the kid should be able to choose. I do believe that is the premise. Yeah, that's... If that's what you believe, right? So... Assuming that premise, he has chosen, he wants to be a boy, so can't we stop this now? Yeah, if anything, based off, like you said, the premise that 
the narrative that they're pushing, that the left is honestly pushing, is your child can choose whatever gender they want to be, regardless of their sex, which personally, I mean, I believe sex and gender is one and the same. You're either a boy or, or a girl, male, female. They, they are. Yes. Right, <laughs> um, and so, like you said, based off this premise, if anything, you're the gender-affirming parent. Correct. And the mother is not, because your son is saying, I'm a boy, and is being told otherwise yeah. by his mother. And so how did you become aware of the situation? I want to say my sister taking pictures of what she was posting on social media. And then also she calls him they. Like, so if I pick him up, sometimes she just calls him Sawyer, so you wouldn't know what she's saying. But she doesn't say, like, she's slipped up before. But mm-hmm. she tries to call him, like, they instead of, like, him or he. And I can only think of how confusing that is to a child. Not in a child at two, three years old, I feel like doesn't fully comprehend the correct use of pronouns just because the English language is yeah. hard for a child to pick up on and you know how to use. So if a child's being told, oh, you're they, 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 they're just going to think that's how English works. Right. Because at that age, you can't comprehend someone's calling me by the inc- incorrect pronouns. I feel like your son can know if she's saying girl that that's wrong, but using they, I feel like, makes things very yeah, confusing. Yeah, very confusing. Multiple people, it sounds like you're referring to. I actually, I don't hear him use that, though. He usually mm-hmm. just says he or she, depending who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But okay, so yeah, so two years-ish, a little bit younger, she starts doing this. That's not our main concern, even. Mm-hmm. That's something that hurts me and upsets me and makes me worry, but it's not even close to the top of our list for court. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's starts to be extreme defamation of me on social media, like very heinous. Um, like, you know, like Johnny Depp, Brett Kavanaugh kind of stuff. Wow. And this is because, I just want to make sure. This is right when I went half custody. You want, so you weren't even trying to get more custody at this point. This was just because of the half custody. Correct. Okay. Sorry. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what it was because. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on now. Yeah. So saying terrible things about me that aren't true. That are going to be online for forever mm-hmm. and and as well as in person we find out about more too but there's also an incident where my son's mom gets arrested mm-hmm. for a child endangerment and placed on a 5150 hold while my son's with her so it's really concerning um cps kind of like swept it under the rug and convinced me that everything was fine but i ended up thankfully finding out through his medical records that i was going through randomly what really happened and then we subpoenaed all the police reports and body cam footage and 911 call. It was just a terrifying thing. I mean, if any parents saw that, they would be like really, you know, worried about their potential kid in the situation. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was obviously it was enough that a roommate and one of her best friends was worried about a kid enough to call the police on her, her mm-hmm. own friend. You know. Yeah. So it was pretty scary. Uh, she ended up not getting convicted of those charges, but it, it is San Francisco. This is mm-hmm. just my opinion. And I don't think that the DAs prosecute a lot there. Mm-hmm. And also the burden of proof in criminal court is much higher than it is in family court. In family court, it's like reasonable proof. And in, in criminal court, you know, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. It's a lot higher. So I thought the family court would still be concerned and interested. So I showed them that. And in that, there's also more defamation of me mm-hmm. in on video in real life. There's acknowledgments of different things that are admitted to and alcohol, etc., prescription drugs. 
And so I bring all of that to court. I also was granted during this time before the trial, a restraining order on my son's mom, mm. temporary restraining order for harassment and defamation of me. Mm. And she actually also violated that restraining order. So that was another thing I brought to court, a violation of a restraining order, which is a big deal in family court. Yeah, so you weren't just going to family court and saying, hey, I'm not happy that my mom or his mom is calling him a girl or a they or non-binary. It's there's genuine, genuine issues that your son is at risk when he's with her. Yeah, that's correct. And so you take all that to court at this point. What is the end goal? Are you trying to get full custody? What are you going for? Yeah, I was point? trying to get full custody of him. Mm-hmm. Legal, and, legally and physically. Mm-hmm. And what was the result of taking the 5150 information to court and taking your son being a danger with her and the defamation and breaking um, just so many things? What yeah. was the result of that? Yeah, there's more little things too, but we ended up getting granted a five-day trial, which is a really long time for family court. Mm-hmm. And we had the trial. I was extremely confident about it. We had like 850-something pages of evidence. They had almost none. We had like police officers and all this stuff testifying and with proving, you know, dishonesty and all these different things. And we even got some of their witnesses to admit things as an example. There's a doctor that my son's court ordered to see at the court for some reason. And she was a witness for the mom. Mm -hmm. And she was just saying like, she's a good mom and just answered some questions, said that she thinks it's okay to treat kids as non-binary when they're young. Said that she transitions kids as young as 12 and a place down the street does it to kids as young as six. This is my attorney on cross-examination just asking her crazy stuff. And he also got her to admit though, that when my son was born, which we talked about, I guess just in case I showed up, and this is just my assumption, she told the doctor and the hospital people that she had a restraining order on me, which wasn't true at all, which is like a big deal to lie about, something mm-hmm. like that. But, so that's another example of something that came out in court. And But after the trial, court decided to keep custody the same, won't rule on gender. He has to continue to see that doctor. I'm not sure why that they felt that that was a necessary choice by them. And that the court would make a new trial for something else, a vaccine thing with my son that we didn't agree on. But, yeah. So, you said the court said they won't rule on gender. Yeah. But it sounds like that wasn't even the main issue you were bringing up. It was the fact that your son is potentially at danger. Yeah. So, they have to give this whole thing of facts and findings, and and they kind of explain why, and then you can ask for a deeper explanation why, which we did. But it, essentially, it just says, like, well, she's on her medication, and she's seen her psychiatrist, and the night she was arrested, she only had, it was really weird, they, like, quoted her, like, two peach bellinis, whatever that is, mm-hmm. with dinner, but the roommate claims she drank a whole bottle of champagne, and either way, mixing alcohol, their own expert witness said, a different doctor, that that's dangerous with the prescription medications she's on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they would just give little like explanations like that mm-hmm. of why it's all okay and, and can I radically you, disagree, of course. Yeah, and can you explain, maybe, I don't know if you have more information and knowledge on this, but what they even mean by they can't rule on gender? I guess they don't feel that the court has jurisdiction to 
force a parent, but me included, they can't force me to do anything, which I, I respect that aspect mm -hmm. of it. But to say what gender the child is or to force a parent to say a certain gender, I guess. That's, it's crazy that we even hit these times where the court's saying things like that and all the whole situation going on. But so they unfortunately ruled that it's custody saying 50-50. And were you just going to settle with that or what? what no, was I was very said? upset. You know, like I said, I was so confident because mm -hmm. we had so much evidence. I'm not exaggerating. It was like mind-blowing to me and my attorney. Mm -hmm. And I decided I was going to appeal the decision and that I was going to start to tell my story and speak out against this and stand up for my son, do whatever it takes for him and to stand up for all kids because like you just said, this is starting to happen. How are we where we are at as a country, as a civilization? And so that's what I'm doing now, speaking out as much as I can and being brave. Mm -hmm. So you're speaking out, you're doing all this, but you're still currently in waiting to hear back about whole custody because you appealed it correctly or where is do you have a timeline on that situation we're in the starting process right now it's a long hard thing with a lot of documents but the intro brief is going to be starting soon and so you're still seeing your son like you said three days on four days it goes back and forth mm -hmm. what are your interactions with your son does he ever ask you like why does mom call me this or why like what is the extent to what his mother is doing as well? Is she dressing him the opposite gender? Is she just calling him things? What's, what is going on with that? Right, well, so obviously I don't actually know what everything that happens between them, but what he does say to me is different things, like that she forced him to wear a dress at Fairyland. Like she took him to Disneyland one time and he told me a couple months later, he's like, Dada, when I went to Disneyland, I couldn't go on the rides unless I wore my princess shoes. Want to wear my I didn't want to wear princess shoes. I wanted to wear Dora shoes. I wanted to wear Mickey Mouse shoes. And I was like, that's great, buddy. You should, you know, stand up for yourself. And mm -hmm. you know, no matter what shoes you're in, you're still a boy. But it's just heartbreaking to hear stuff like that. And he doesn't like it, clearly. Yeah. And so what? Like you said, you just tell him like keep standing up for yourself. What are you able to? What advice can you really give to him in these situations? I mean, he's brave enough to stand up for himself to an extent. I remember one time I received a message from his mom on the family court app, which we communicate, where she was calling me a lot of names mm -hmm. and being very upset that Sawyer was actually not about him. But so, so she went from dating me to being a lesbian to being non-binary now herself. I think around the same time she started to say Sawyer was. Don't quote me on that, though. I don't really know her timeline. But... That's what she's saying, and I guess he was saying, like, no, mommy, you're a girl. You know, you're not a, I don't know if she was trying to get, what she was being, trying to get him to say exactly. Yeah. They or something, um, you know, like, mommies are girls, like, you're a girl. Dada says you're a girl, I guess. Maybe it was mentioned, or that's her claim, at least. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I almost don't talk about her at all mm -hmm. with him. If I do, I only say nice stuff, like, oh, yeah, me and your mommy used to ride our, my motorcycle together, you know, we used to sing together. Like, I always say nice stuff, but, yeah, she admitted to, like, them having a crazy confrontation, it sounded like. And maybe it's all made up, I have no idea, but it, just to give you an example, it sounds like he's standing up for himself. I just make sure he's happy with who he is, and he knows that there's boys and girls. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing that when you do talk about her with him, if maybe he asks or different things, that you 
do stay positive and only saying positive things about her because I think that plays such a role into a child's life with their relationship with their parents that when a child gets older, they start to see kind of what the truth is. They figure out things on their own, they make their own decisions, but you're not negatively affecting his thoughts on her. You're just letting it kind of play out. And I think that's such, I just think that's amazing that you're doing that. And it would only hurt him if I did that. You know, it doesn't do any good for anybody. Yeah, and so when you get to see him, you said you basically spend all your time with him, and he's three years old now, correct? He's been literally like three times, I think, that my mom's watched him for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Two weddings and one day where I was gone most of the day, but yeah, like literally it's almost never. Mm -hmm. And what... Do you guys, because is he old enough to be in preschool yet? Do you, is he in preschool or are you guys just kind of get to hang out? There, we just hang out. Like, I don't have him in school at all. I mean, some of his friends do go to preschool or some sort of daycare, daycare preschool-ish thing. Uh, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I think it's weird how young they're starting to put kids in school. I know people have to work and it's a tough balance. But personally, I want to spend my time with him. That's how I want his life to be. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we just hang out all day. We ride his bike or his scooter and we play hockey and football and lacrosse and wrestling and we light fireworks and we play with his toys and pretend we're spider-man and we go swimming just and everything it's incredible and he seems happy and good and all that when you're yeah totally like a hyper happy normal little boy that's amazing and so now you're, you kind of walked everyone through your story. You're going through, now you still have kind of more legal hearings and all that coming up to hopefully get full custody. But here in California, we're seeing a lot of legislation starting to be passed about this whole issue, about the whole gender issue. And so yesterday there was actually a press conference in regards to it where you were able to speak at. And then next week, there's going to be a huge rally at the Capitol. But can you kind of walk people through one of the bills I think that we've really been focusing on is AB 957, which is basically courts will have to side with the gender affirming parents, which kind of like we talked on in this situation, which you, if you're playing their game to like basically get what you need to get. Mm-hmm. You're the gender affirming parent in this situation. I don't know how much that would actually go over in court with what their whole ideology is. But mm-hmm. so that's one of the major bills. I think that bill is most relative to you and your situation. Yeah. So can you kind of just share what your experience has been going to the Capitol? I know you've gone to the Capitol, you've testified and done all that. It's been incredible. I've met the most wonderful freedom fighter, positive people. Mm-hmm. Politics don't even matter. They just care about parental rights and about protecting kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been surreal. And I'm so grateful to have met these people, you included. And yesterday was an awesome day. I really enjoyed all of it. Speaking at the press conference, I thought it was really cool. I, I shared a story that I had never shared publicly before. Um, if I don't know if you remember about the balloon thing. It was my first Father's Day mm-hmm. as a dad, and I hadn't yet met my son. And I was, like, really sad, you know. And my sister had this balloon. And it was, like, greatest dad in the universe is just a silly thing. But I remember being, like, I swear to God. I'm going to live up to that balloon and I feel that I have and 
Yeah, I mean, AB 957 is a terrible bill. It's going to harm a lot of families. Family court's already so contentious that people will lie and do whatever they can to win or get back at their exes. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. And this is going to be another weapon. It's like people are going to start to sacrifice kids and have them be transgender just so they can win. Mm -hmm. And in my case, you know, I actually talked to the author of the bill and some other legislators as well. So Lori Wilson, I talked to her for like eight minutes one day. And she's completely under the impression that the bill will help me because I'm affirming him as we're saying. And I think that that's great and I will use it against them the very next day, if mm -hmm. that is the case, because that is the truth. However, I still think it's a terrible bill that we cannot allow to pass. Mm -hmm. The government has no right telling kids or telling parents how to treat their kids and to force parents to lie to their kids. I mean, they're literally gonna give custody to a parent that supports a delusion and take it away from a parent who tells the truth like what world are we living in yeah it's completely upside down and everyone's against it i live in the bay area every democrat's against it mm -hmm. and i think that's such an important thing to note i think a lot of people think oh the people that are going to these press conferences and rallying and testifying are just a bunch of crazy christian conservative people but no i mean no. even like what i realized doing a lot of stuff with this these couple of bills is i would say it's at least over half of the parents showing up and fighting are Democrats yeah. and will say we vote Democrat on every other issue and mm -hmm. but we are against this and I think this it shouldn't be a party issue at this point and people that aren't fully aware of what's going on make it a party issue yeah but this is a parents right issue this is a protection of children issue it totally is it's like a, it seems to me like 50 50 ish at the Capitol and stuff like Erin mm -hmm. Friday it's like she'll always be like you know, I'm a lifelong Democrat. Like, I'm not a Republican. Mm -hmm. You know, the media just says what they can to get people to close their ears to what we are saying. Exactly. But we have to keep speaking up until people see what's actually happening and decide to do something about it. Because mm -hmm. we need more people to speak up. Yes. And with speaking up, have you ever kind of gotten involved politically at the Capitol or things like that? Or is this your first time because of now the situation you're in? How... How has that changed? Yeah, this is this is my first time doing a bunch of interviews and going to the Capitol, but it's necessary. I feel that I have a, a good voice mm -hmm. and an important story to tell. I'm, I can inspire others. I mean, I think that God works through me. I mm -hmm. think that this is like, at least right now, it's a calling for me, mm -hmm. and I'm ready for the moment. I'm not going to let people abuse kids. I'm not going to let people, the government, take kids from parents. It's not happening anymore. We're drawing a line in the sand. It's over. Yeah, and with that, there's a lot of parents today that their child is maybe choosing to identify as a different gender, or they're going through a similar situation with in the courts or different things sort of, um, surrounding the whole gender ideology. What advice could you give to those parents? I would say I don't know what that's like, but I would talk to someone like Aaron Friday, mm -hmm. someone that knows about it more, or maybe Abigail Schreier, some of the people that I think of as the wisest on these things because I think they could guide you through it. And that I don't know what would be, be best. You know, I think that's a hard situation. Mm -hmm. I think it's a social contagion. I don't think your kid truly believes that, but you gotta do what's best for your kid. Mm -hmm. And I would. I would look at some of their work and 
see if you can get a solution or talk to them. Perfect. And I fully agree. Aaron Friday and Abigail Schreier have just been key leaders in this yeah. whole gender movement and obviously key leaders on the right side and <laughs> the correct side. Yeah. Um, I do want, before we wrap things up, I just want to open up the floor for you to share whatever is on your heart, whether it's advice or whatever you want to share with all those that are tuning in. Okay. Everybody at home that sees this, you have a duty to your child or to the future of civilization to tell the truth, to be courageous, to speak up when everyone else is quiet. I know you all don't believe this stuff. You all want to protect children. We have to speak up now or we're going to be at a point where we can't go back. Too many people have been harmed. We cannot do this anymore. This is the moment in history where we say no more. Join with us. Do not put up with this anymore. And let's all tell the truth. Yeah, that. I love how you ended it. Let's all tell the truth. That's that all. Simple. It's that simple. Let's tell the truth. And by telling the truth, you're going to be doing what's right for the children. And so what is the best way people that are listening, like we'll be supporting you through prayer, but how else can people be supporting you? I mean, you're, you're still going through this. You're not out of this just yet. So how can people support you? Yeah, you can follow me on any of the social medias at Harrison Tinsley. You can send me a message. You can pray for me. And I really appreciate it. I try to respond to them. And I've been overwhelmed by the amount of like love and support I've gotten. It's absolutely crazy and I won't let any of you down because so many people have been so kind to me and just like believe in me and it's wonderful and I also have a give send go for attorney's fees it's give send go saving Sawyer it should come right up and I really appreciate anyone that helps out but even if all you do is send me a prayer or a text I appreciate it perfect well thank you so much Harrison for First of all, all you're doing to protect not just your son, but all children, especially in California where things are, like we said earlier, upside down at this point. But we're so grateful for everything you're doing from speaking at the Capitol to sharing your story to inform parents. And we were so grateful to have you on our podcast today. Thank you for having me.